0: Man, if there was ever a time or a day to kick off the very first episode of a podcast, it would have to be the onslaught of news that we have received as a hockey community within the last 24 to 48 hours. Uh, We're going to talk about, you know, the big disruption in sports uh, involving the unfortunate incident of Jacob Blake and the Black Lives Matter movement and what it means moving forward. We also got to cover the Arizona Coyote story and the situation involving them and their tampering with the league's policies for testing and combines. And we got to talk a little bit of hockey. So we have to cover the trade between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Toronto Maple Leafs on Tuesday. We're going to talk a little bit about what it means for each team who won and what the plans are for the teams moving forward. And we'll recap all the games around the National Hockey League. Let's go. Alright, here we go. Episode 1. I mean, couldn't have asked for a more newsworthy day. Unfortunately, it comes at the cost of some negative news around the National Hockey League and the sporting community as a whole. Um, we'll get right into it here. I wasn't going to talk about this too much. I'll, I'll touch on it here, but I don't really want to focus too hard on it. And this, the, it's the Logan Couture Twitter situation, the fiasco that took place. Um... He tweeted out something, it's since been deleted, but basically in the context that he was having lunch in Toronto, Ontario, that was the big joke behind it, Uh, it was talking politics, he mentioned the Republican side and Donald Trump by name, he was then sucker punched and, you know, just talked about what he didn't like about it, and the reason I don't really want to go too deep in on this is because it was kind of a mess all over the place, I mean it was, the the Twitter feed was hard to follow, and there was a lot of hate coming. It was it was misconstrued. And I it just it, it was it's too much to dive into. It would take too long. Ultimately, at the end of the day, Logan Couture has since apologized for what he has said, saying that while I did not do a good job communicating my thoughts earlier today, I do believe that everyone is entitled to their own voice and opinions. I just think a lot of people were upset at the fact that he talked about the, the Republican side and that if he could vote, he would vote Republican. And I, I just, I, I'm not going to get too much into it. I think he's learned his lesson. It's unfortunate that he said, you know, since that he's not going to make his Twitter or use his platform for politics. I think you have, you know, the freedom of speech. You have the freedom to say what's on your mind. I think that that's what gives social media, you know, all, all the all the boosts and all the hype is that you can go on your own platform and and speak your views on certain matters and situations and there's a lot going on which we'll get into. Uh I just think he was called out because what he said was conflicting with, you know, him speaking out on the Black Lives Matter movement and that he was one of really not just one of the first members of the National Hockey League to speak out on it, but one of the first I would say, you know, big name but also white players to speak out on behalf of it. We'll see what transpires over the next couple of days, but You know i'm not gonna get too deep in on it if you've seen what logan couture said he since apologized said i regret the decision to make uh this incident public i apologize to the sharks as well as my family for having to deal with this i hold myself to a high standard and i apologize for any of my comments that were poorly worded and do not reflect my true feelings or beliefs unfortunately You know, this is episode one of a podcast that I've been wanting to start for some time now. And ultimately, we have to start with the NHL's moment of silence on Wednesday night. And unfortunately, this was all in the wake of the unfortunate shooting that involved Jacob Blake. Uh, This situation, if you haven't heard of it yet, he was shot seven times in the back by police out in Wisconsin. And reports are saying that he unfortunately is paralyzed from the waist down. Now before I get into the National Hockey League and what they did, you know there's been a lot of uh, a lot of hates and a lot of disappointments in the NHL for the moment of silence. And the reason being is because games in the National Basketball Association, the WNBA, and the MLB were postponed Wednesday night, and the teams from those sports protested the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Now, from also what I'm getting here, it's showing that the NBA is reportedly aiming to resume postseason Friday following their player protest. Playoff games are postponed on Thursday. And I want to give a big shout out, by the way, to the Milwaukee Bucks. Not the organization, not the management, but the players for starting this. Because it was the player's decision to boycott and to not leave the locker room and come out onto the court when they were set to go for Game 5 against the Orlando Magic. Kudos to the Orlando Magic for following suit and agreeing and not stepping on the court and taking the win-by-default route. You know, there's something going on bigger in sports right now. Kudos to LeBron James, the LA Lakers, Kawhi Leonard, and the Los Angeles Clippers for saying that they were going to boycott their games. And and just kudos to to every 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 member, every individual, whether you were white or black, who stood up and protested and boycotted your respective leagues for at least a night. And the NBA, it sounds like it's gonna be two. The reason that the NHL is getting this much hate is because they had an opportunity to ultimately follow suit. But again. What I wanted, what I want to mention here, it wasn't the Milwaukee Bucks upper management, their general manager, that made the decision to boycott. It wasn't. It wasn't Orlando. It wasn't upper man. It wasn't the Lakers organization. It was the players. The players were in the locker room, ready to come out at four o'clock on Wednesday for their game. 415 rolled around. No one was coming out. They walked off the court, back into the locker rooms. And the reason I'm I'm bringing this up, Minnesota Wild Defense, and also, sorry, before I get into that as well, a big kudos to members of the broadcast community, Kelly Rudy on Sportsnet Canada who said, rather than watching hockey, I'd prefer to be having this conversation with my family. The NHL is missing out. This would be an important night for families to have the discussion again. So I don't think we should be here. I think the NHL should postpone the games. Matt Dumba, defenseman of the Minnesota Wild, also a founding member of the player-based Hockey Diversity Alliance, knew about the NHL's pregame plans and said he was disheartened by the response by the league and the players said he always said the NHL is always last to the party on these topics. This is an interview he did with Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, on Wednesday. So it's kind of sad and disheartening for me and for members of the Hockey Diversity Alliance, and I'm sure for other guys across the league. But if no one stands up and does anything, then it's the same thing. The silence. You're just outside looking in the uh, looking in on actually being leaders and invoking real change when you have such an opportunity to do so. He does say both the league. and and the players. Now, I understand that the league, you know, had the responsibility and they could have made the move to postpone the games. But I think more of this has to go on on the players. You know, it was the players in the NBA, it was players in the WNBA and Major League Baseball that boycotted. It wasn't the franchises. So as much as you are as much hate as being you know, thrown on the teams and thrown on the Hog League as a whole. Which, again, to an extent, I will say, it does deserve a little bit. But the majority of it is the players. The players were the reason this whole thing started in the first place. in all other leagues across the world. It's the players, I think, in the NHL that could have been the ones that made a difference. And right now, as I'm recording, still can. I think, obviously... The first push made a difference. But I think everybody went back to their regular lives. Everyone went back to work. People were posting less. This is so much bigger than sports. And if you are listening and this is episode one of the podcast. And you are disappointed. If you're waiting for me to get on to the hockey news. uh, I'm sorry but I'm not sorry. Uh, This is a worldwide issue and something that has been going on for literally hundreds of years. Something that I was ignorant about and something that needs real change. So we'll see what comes of the situation. I believe the NHL and the NHLPA are having discussions right now. I'm not sure if the NHL is going to follow suit or postpone games or do anything like that. And I saw a lot of messages and a lot of tweets going around. Uh, One of them actually coming from Cabby, who's from TSN. And I don't have the tweet in front of me at the moment. But basically, he was saying, I appreciate everything. Uh, This is actually, we just got an update. Uh, Update from Elliot Freeman. About 5 Five minutes ago, players being told to prepare for cancellations tonight. Just getting everything in this first podcast. Getting uh, updates. We're getting breaking news stories. We got about 17 things we have to get into. Uh, This just in from Evander Kane. We, the official HDA, have formally requested the NHL to suspend all playoff games today. We strongly feel this sends a clear message that human rights take priority over sports. Uh, So the updates we're getting right now from what we we are seeing is there is a very strong possibility that the National Hockey League uh, is preparing for cancellations for Thursday night's games. Those games would be happening between the Philadelphia Flyers and the New York Islanders and the Vegas Golden Knights and Vancouver Canucks. All right, so i mean off that that tidbit this is a start we'll see what comes from here what happens moving forward if it's going to be more than one evening if this happens to be something that proceeds into the future but as of right now it does not look like there will be games played in the national hockey league and the national basketball association all right let's move on to the second topic uh, on the show today And it is a... I mean, this should have been the one we let off with. But, you know, with everything else going on, this is uh, just the way it went. The Arizona Coyotes kind of debacle. And a statement was made by the National Hockey League. The NHL has sanctioned the Arizona Coyotes for violating the NHL's combine testing policy during the 2019-2020 season. Directing the forfeit... ...of the club's second round pick in 2020... ...and the first round pick... ...in the 2020... ...2021 NHL Draft. On top of this... ...there was a quote from Garrett, the Commissioner Gary Bettman saying... ...while the Combine Testing Policy Memoranda... ...reference of a fine of no less than $250,000... ...for each violation of the policy... He also said, I exercise my uh, discretion to impose the aforementioned discipline, which I consider to be more appropriate given the specific circumstances of this case. Basically, if you didn't hear what was going on, Arizona was tampering with the, the NHL combine testing policy. Basically, they were testing players without the NHL knowing. Uh, It was an outset hearing. The club acknowledged it had violated the policy by conducting physical testing on 2020 draft-eligible players prior to the combine. Uh, I believe from what I've understood about this that those are sanctioned by the National Hockey League and divvied up to each team evenly so that every team has an opportunity to get a fair look and a fair evaluation of the players entering the draft. Uh, This is... Arizona has never been a cap team they've taken on some dead cap recently they've they've swung for the fences a couple times in the last little bit to try and get a push to try and get uh, a boost to their franchise to get you know people talking about them this combined with the situation of former GM John Chaika I wonder if if Arizona is done I really do. I don't think it's an overreaction. I think when you're a team that struggles to hit the cap every year, a team that struggles with attendance, and a team that was taking swings for the fences on players, not knowing if they were going to fit in their system. I just wonder if with all this going on, if, 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 if this is the end of the line for them. If there was any indication prior to... This now more than tells me... That Taylor Hall is no longer going to be a member of the Coyotes. Uh, I mean, Phil Kessel thrived when he was in Pittsburgh. And Arizona thought he was going to be a different player. And, you know... it As great as a player Phil Kessel was... He was phenomenal when he was in Toronto. He was even better when he was in Pittsburgh. Uh, it, it helps when you have chemistry with guys. And I don't think Kessel's playing at the quality of, of, of players in Arizona than he was in Pittsburgh I think when you're playing with Evgeny Malkin and you had that one line where it was like him Bonino on the third line and they wreaked it, he was a he was a an MVP candidate like I just I don't know what's gonna happen with the organization in Arizona and I I really do think that this may or not be the end of the line for them there's not much else I can really say on the situation or on the matter you know, I, when Arizona's going, they're going. You know, b- back when they were Phoenix, back in, I believe it was 20, 2010 or 2011. This is when Mike Smith was the goaltender. I believe they made it all the way to the, it was the second round. I think it was the conference finals. They made it to the conference finals. The whiteout in that building in, 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 in Phoenix at the time was 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 crazy. Like at the time, it rivaled any, I believe, any other building in the NHL for for being, you know, one of the most rowdy, one of the most difficult buildings to play in. You know, that was a fun time. But it is hard to stay at that level when you don't produce a product, especially in a market that has been hurting for so long. Yes, Austin Matthews comes from 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 Scottsdale, Arizona. Yes, he has inspired a new wave of generational um. Of a generation of players and kids to pursue hockey as as becoming their favorite sport, but it's got to be more than that. There has to be a lot more that goes into this. I I'm very curious to see how the Coyotes go about this situation because here's the let's just say they want to take one more swing for the fences and re-sign Taylor Hall if Taylor Hall even wants to stay there, but he's already gone on the record and talked about he wants to go to a stable organization with a winning pedigree where he'll have a chance to play in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But for fun, let's just say management of Arizona convinces him to sign there. With the trade involving the New Jersey Devils, if this were to happen, Arizona would lose its first and second round picks for both this draft and next year's draft. Basically your whole future. So Arizona's not resigning Taylor Hall. But just imagine if the, if if they did that, they would be stick a knife in it and call it what it is. Uh it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next uh, couple of years. I would say three to five years with Arizona, and if they're in Arizona anymore. Uh super unfortunate for Arizona fans who have stuck with this team through a lot of difficult years. And really only have a late playoff showing in 2011 to show for it. But this is, um, this is tough. I also wonder if this had anything to do with, with John Chica leaving. Because back when they were, when they were doing testing, this was before COVID. And this was still, I believe when John Chica was in, was in his general manager role. I could be wrong on that, but I believe that happened because you can't, it's hard to conduct tr- workouts and and it's tough for the team to to do this when COVID was going on. So it'd be hard to conduct workouts if if and physical testing if this, you know, was happening during COVID, which I don't think it was. Be interesting to see. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to some hockey stories here, and you know the the big one is there was actually a trade, and if you remember this. There, the rules and regulations were set when teams went into the bubble that any team that is not currently playing inside the bubble has the ability to make trades and to talk to other teams who are also outside of the bubble about transactions. That even included teams that were in the bubble for a time and got eliminated. Two teams that were eliminated early and were not happy about it were the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh ultimately losing to Montreal in four games. And Toronto losing in 5 to, to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, let's just go over the trade right now. Toronto trade forward Casper Kapanen to the Pittsburgh Penguins, where he was originally drafted in 2014. Along with defenseman Jesper Lindgren and winger Pontus Aberg. Toronto receives Pittsburgh's 2020 first round draft pick, which is 15th overall, as well as Evan Rodriguez, prospect Philip Hollander, and defenseman David Worsofsky. Now, it was funny because when the, the trade was first being broke, the only name that was mentioned at the time was Casper Kapanen. And a lot of Toronto media were getting scared because it was going to involve Jack Johnson. And the way Jack Johnson is perceived, at least to Pittsburgh fans, not great. What this tells me, th- first of all, there's always a winner and a loser. Pittsburgh did get better on paper. They got Their team, their roster got better. Adding Kasperi Kapanen, Jim Rutherford thinking that he can fit into their top six means that their roster got better. But what this trade showed me was all you need is one partner. Because apparently, Toronto was in talks with seven different teams involving Kasperi Kapanen. Some of those teams included the Carolina Hurricanes, and the conversation with them was trying to get their 13th overall pick back from the Patrick Marlowe cap trade another conversation involved the Chicago Blackhawks I believe the Minnesota Wild were another one of the teams that Toronto was talking to and from also what it sounds like is that there were multiple teams interested and that's why this was a win for Kyle Dubas because all you need is one one team to show interest and then it starts it starts a rumor now one team's interested Oh, maybe we need to offer a little bit more, and a bidding war ensues. Casper Kapanen on Toronto, when healthy, was a third-line right winger. That third-line right winger, ultimately, got back a first-round draft pick, in which Toronto lost, and got a lot of a lot of heat for for trading away. They got a prospect to fill up their pool a little bit, and a Hollander. And the most important thing, cap space. There's $3.2 million off the books for the next two years for Toronto without retaining any of it. And this was traded to a Team Pittsburgh that publicly said they aren't spending to the cap for the next little bit with the flat cap coming into effect. All you need is one partner. That's all you need. Um, Casper Kapanen, who's only 24 years of age, and could very well be a great player on Pittsburgh. We'll start with Pittsburgh here. Has 41 goals and 90 points through 202... Regular season games across five seasons with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He was developed there. He was groomed there. He had his most productive year a season ago where he tallied 20 goals and 24 assists and 44 points in 78 games. Jim Rutherford quoted saying, Kasperi is a good young player that brings speed to our lineup and plays the way we want to play. He said, Having previously drafted him, we know him as a player and feel he can improve our top six. Aberg and Lindgren are both young players that will further add to our organizational depth. This is the negative part of it for Pittsburgh fans. If you go on Pittsburgh's Instagram account and click on the post that says we have a trade to announce, it is full. And normally in trades too, whenever you make a trade with a team, whoever your team is, you think you come out on the winning side of the trade. Unless it's abysmal. Right? Unless you get absolutely fleeced. Like when the Taylor Hall for Adam Larson trade happened... Even though both teams got what they wanted to... I think Edmonton fans were like... You have a for Taylor Hall? Like, I don't know. Um, This one... Pittsburgh fans were not happy. And I think the smart thing for Toronto to do... Was let the other teams know... That hey, we've got a bid here. So if you want Kapanen... You're going to have to up it. And I think Jim Rutherford knew... That the price he had to pay was a little bit in the future, knowing that he only has a small window to go win a Stanley Cup with the core of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. I think Toronto took full advantage of that, and and they did a great job. I think Kyle Dubas on the Toronto side has gotten a lot of a lot of heat for not being good at negotiation. The one thing Kyle Dubas is is he is very he's very good with the players that he has drafted, he's developed, guys that are part of his organization, his guys, he likes to reward. And he did that with Kapanen and and other guys, Andreas Janssen, Mitch Marner, you know, William Nylander, all those guys that got contract extensions. But after a while, you know, if 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 the role isn't there for Kapanen, and ultimately when you're playing behind Mitch Marner and Casper Kapanen, and Jim Rutherford actually said this too, he goes. He's going to play in our top 6. And if you look at Toronto's roster, it's hard to put him there with guys like Mitch and William. Uh but in Toronto's case here, Kyle Dubas is 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 a very good is very good at trading, negotiating, you know, he's 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 paid up a lot, but he has made a lot of good trades. Now I know the Nazem Kadri one is a trade that a lot of people are going to go back to and why well, didn't win this trade at the time logically Toronto got a replacement player for Nazem Kadri. they got their right hand shot defenseman who was playing minimum top 4 in Colorado and a guy who had produced upwards of 60 points one year and they got reduced cap on his salary at the time, it looked like a good trade. And you have to remember too, the year that Toronto traded Nazem Kadri, he was a third line player because of Austin Matthews and John Tavares. He didn't score 30 goals that year. I think he only had like 14 or 15 goals that year, like well off of his pace that he had the prior two seasons. Kadri has clearly worked out in Colorado because Colorado needed secondary scoring. Tyson Berry did not. Now a lot of people don't think Alex Kerfoot was was nearly the player that they were expecting. I thought he was a lot better than what, than what Toronto fans were expecting going into it. I thought he was fantastic. I thought he was one of their best players in the playoffs. And you know he's at a cap at a three and a half million on your third line. That's manageable. But you you trade from a position of strength, and Toronto had two right wingers in their top six, and Casper Kapanen was a luxury at three point two million on the right side. And, you know, you got to start somewhere when you are looking to retool your team. And Toronto, both Toronto and Pittsburgh are not done. And you've got to start somewhere. And I think for Toronto, this got off to the right start. I think Jim Rutherford still has some work to do. But if he can make a couple of trades here and make a couple of moves to to level out the playing field. To take a little bit of ease and a little bit of stress off of this first trade. I think Pittsburgh's going to be alright. Pittsburgh's always one of those teams that you look at them and you go. You go, they got Sid and, they got Sid and Malkin. Right? They're always gonna they, you never know. They could just contend one year. And and you know, if 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 Casper shows up and scores 25 goals and has, you know, 50, 60 points, I think I think Pittsburgh can walk away happy from this. I think they paid a heavy price. I think they had to because of the rumors going around that there was a bit of a bidding war going on for Kapitan. But I think at the end of the day. I think both teams got what they wanted. I think Pittsburgh paid a little bit more than what they would have liked. But they got the player that they drafted back in 2014 and a guy that they are very high on. And it's always one of those things that you know we'll see what the future holds for each organization. If you're to pick a winner just based on what happened, you would say Toronto did a lot more good things out of this trade. But both teams addressed concerns and Pittsburgh got better on paper today. Uh... I, I don't know what segments or what features are going to stay on the show. So bear with me for the first few episodes as I try a few things out. We're just going to go with, you know, s- some last minute additions into the show and just give my last minute thoughts on it. My second thoughts on the, on the matter at hand. I won't try to do as many puns as this. I promise. Uh, a couple stories stories uh, that, that are going around that I kind of want to get to. Uh, there's rumors and murmurs going around right now in the Calgary Flames organization involving Johnny Gaudreau and they, um you know it, and a lot of people are thinking that he is on the on the trade block he is a guy that you know has has potentially you know been a been a heart candidate has had upwards of of 84 and, and 90 plus points he is, you know, was known as a core guy and a staple in and around Calgary, and, you know, unfortunately, their departure in the Stanley Cup playoffs at the hands of the Dallas Stars made them question it. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau is, I believe, just under or just at a point-per-game player in the regular season. Come playoff time, it almost drops in half. He is averaging about .6 points per game versus the .97 or 96 points he averages in the regular season. Uh. You know, in the early part of his career, I actually liked him as a playoff player. He scored a lot of big goals for that team. You know, in playoff games. I think the last couple of years, he has gotten... You know, he is being targeted a little bit more than most. And you've got to remember too, Matthew Kachuk was not in the lineup for Calgary when, you know, they lost their final two games. But, you know, that's where you need your core guys, your Sean Monahan's, your Elias Lindholm's, and your Johnny Gaudreau's to step up. And I think Johnny Gaudreau is just the guy that... They think they can get the most value out of. Calgary's gonna have a lot of changes this offseason. Calgary is going Mark Giordano is gonna be 37. TJ Brody, I believe, is going is a is a unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. And Calgary's going to have to make some moves. They're going to have to, to figure out what they want to do with this roster moving forward. Because Edmonton's going to, you know, they've got some defensemen coming up. If the Edmonton can fix their goaltending. I think that team is, you've got two of the top five players on the planet on on the same team, sometimes on the same line. And for Calgary, that is going to be tough to play in that kind of division, facing them all the time. So we'll see what comes of that matter. I would sit and hold, and I think if a deal comes up for Johnny Gaudreau that you just can't say no to appears, then I think you go ahead with it. But don't try to force a guy like Johnny Gaudreau out the window. It's one of those things where you would like to sell high on a guy if you are to trade him. If you're not going to trade him, then find a guy that, you know, that, that makes it work with him. I think that there's a reason that he's a 90 plus point player. I think he's got some of the smoothest hands in the game outside of Patrick Kane and and, and Nathan McKinnon. I mean, he's right up there with some of the, the elite guys in terms of stick handling. His vision's great. I think he needs to get a little bit stronger on the puck, but interesting to see what happens coming out of uh, out of Calgary. Uh, rumors going around in Montreal talking about Philip Deneau and him not being very happy with the way things played out in the Stanley Cup playoffs, with the you know, the the ascendants and arrivals of Nick Suzuki and Jesper Cocktayemi. Now, this is a guy who, in the past couple of seasons, has put up 25 goals and 75 assists. He's a 50-point player and is, you know, known around the league as one of one of the better shutdown teams two-way defensive forwards that still has that offensive flair to his game. Uh and when interviewed and talking about you know his frustrations, he said it was definitely disappointing that, you know, he was mitigated to just a defensive role. He says that he's not he's he's not going to be able to grow as a player. And when ultimately asked if the decision because I believe his contract is up in a year, he think he makes just over 3 million dollars and he's got one more year left on the deal. He said will the decision to stay or leave Montreal depend on your playing time and these past playoffs? And he said without hesitation, yes. My thoughts on, on Philip to in this matter. And, and this is my thoughts and everything is, is don't take things in your life for granted. It's easy to, everyone's guilty of it. We all have done it at one point or another, and it could be anything. You know, you take for granted the fact that you have a car, you have a working car, and you take it for granted until problems start to come up. Or until you don't have access to the vehicle for a little bit. And you realize you have to walk everywhere. Or Uber everywhere. Or bike ride everywhere. Do not take for granted the depth at the center position in the National Hockey League. Do not take for granted a two-way, 50-point centerman that has always been, to what I've heard, and what I've been, what I've seen in my limited knowledge, a team guy. A hardworking player and a shutdown defensive guy who you can match up against any other team's top end talent. And they're in a division with Jack Eichel, Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, among other superstars in that league. He is the guy that matches up against the perfection line in Boston and shuts them down to a relatively good extent. I believe normally this season in the past, he was on a line with Brendan Gallagher and Thomas Tatar, And I believe as a line, their Corsi percentage in terms of shots for and shots against and puck possession, they were number one, two, and three in the league. I'm not sure if that's based on position, but their Corsi four was number one, two, and three in the league. That's an article from The Score. You've got a lot of other guys on that roster making significantly more money in roles that are not nearly as important as the role that Philip Deneau plays on the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal can be a scary team with Nick Suzuki Jesperi Coctaniemi and Philip Deneau down the middle with Thomas Tatar and Brendan Gallagher and a bunch of other wingers that they've got in their system coming up they have one of the deepest farm systems in the league this could be a scary team in a little bit uh, that is it. That is a wrap on episode one of the Second Thoughts podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. Hope you enjoyed. If you want to follow along uh, on social media, it is at Second Thoughts P on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, shoot me a DM if you want me to talk about any other topic or subject or get my thoughts on a certain matter or situation. Uh, I hope that the NHL uh, reflects on what's been going on around the league involving Black Lives Matter. I hope they... I hope this boycott that they are planning on doing sends a message. I hope that this is a building block and a starting point for something greater in the future. And, you know, I, I'm proud of players around the National Hockey League. I'm proud of them for doing it. It's Listen, it is better to be late than not show up to the party at all. That's all I'll say on that one. Until then, that's a wrap.